Welcome to the A-Level Podcast. On this episode of the A-Level Podcast, Noah will be speaking with Elena Du, who is an associate at A-Level and whose experience consists of being a venture analyst at TCP Venture Capital and a scout at OpenScout.vc. So today we have Elena on. Elena, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. Um, so my name is Elena. I'm majoring in Applied Math and Econ, and I'm a junior at Hopkins. I joined A-Level Capital as an associate in February uh, at Hopkins. I'm also part of TEDxJHU and TCO Labs. TCO Labs is a student organization that helps showcase entrepreneurship in Baltimore and just generally. Um, outside of school, I work as an analyst at TCP Venture Capital, which is a VC firm that focuses on investing in Baltimore headquartered companies and bringing more economic development to Baltimore. I also recently joined as a scout at OpenScout.vc, which tries to level the playing field for uh, funding, um, especially for university students. That's awesome. Okay, so today I'd like to talk with you, Elena, about both diversity uh, with funding and with uh, the startup founder side. So would you be able to elaborate a little bit more about your thoughts on this and what you've seen through your experiences? I'm going to start with talking about uh, startup founders. Um, even though there have been increases in the past couple decades of women and minorities getting college degrees, there hasn't been the same jump in women and minorities either getting patents or becoming startup founders. Um, I think around in like 2017 and 2019, around like 80 to 85% of startup funding were all male teams. Um, I think less than 5% were uh, all women teams and then the rest were mixed. But like how can we like bridge that huge discrepancy? Um, and there's been a lot of like research that shows that uh, kind of mixed founders or founders that are made up of women or, and men, even just having one more woman on board, they, in the long term, become more successful. They achieve more funding um, and they have better like, sales and profits. But even knowing this, um, a lot of teams are still just completely men, um, even as they get later stage. And the later stage you are as a company, the more important culture and bringing that diversity to a team is. I mean, there's going to be a lot of reasons. Part of it is that STEM is still a male-dominated field. But part of it is also that VCs, the people deciding where funding goes, is also very male-dominated. Um, now there's been trends of an increasing trend in women um, and minorities in junior roles. I think like recent statistics show like 35 to 40-ish percent of junior roles are women. That's still not great, but it is getting there. But of partners, it's around 11%, um, I think in the US and I think 9% in the UK. Um, so that's, it puts an average of about 30%. But those partners are the people that are making those funding decisions. And there's still that huge gap there. So would you be able to elaborate more, I guess, on things you've seen in terms of Different, maybe different startups or d different founders that you've talked to who are really trying to push against this trend, maybe even people in VC are pushing against this trend and things that you'd really like to see more exemplified on a larger stage. Yeah, for sure. So 
uh, recently, this past Monday, uh, A-Level met with a company called Loop, which was founded by a woman, and it focuses on um, bringing more equality into the photography space. So in the past, that's been a very male-dominated space. So it's kind of creating this very professional, um, high-quality community of, so far, women and transgender individuals that uh, companies can contact and uh, contract out for uh, tends to be larger jobs. And I think one problem of VCs being more male-dominated is that you don't always get that perspective um, of why something like this might be important. Because you may ask, like, why, why not just have it open to everyone, like photographers of all kinds, including men. But I think if you were a woman in the photography space, knowing that it's male-dominated, um, you would understand why a community like this is more important. Um, so it's not that male VC founders are bad or anything. They're, it's just that having a diverse team allows for these different perspectives, which um, definitely affect funding. I know listening to how I built this, a lot of times women will, will pitch their startup and then the majority of men that they're pitching to don't understand what problem they're solving or why it was even a problem in the first place, um, which definitely makes fundraising a lot more difficult. And it's not that their ideas are bad, that these are all um, successful CEOs, but it's just that there isn't that perspective um, that is brought in. So that definitely like stifles innovation. And especially on the consumer side, women tend to make more consumer purchasing decisions, I think about 70 to 80%. So that should be a group that is like highly catered to in um, this industry, but it's constantly forgotten. Um, also, like as startups are trying to scale up, they're trying to like increase the pie, right? Increase the potential consumers, which should include women and bringing on more women should also include minorities. So bringing on more minorities will allow them to um, understand how to cater towards these groups, how to market towards these groups, how to um, build projects that are inclusive. Yeah, that's great. So do you think in terms of, I guess, wider scale, obviously this is a problem not only in VC and startup founders, but in all aspects of society. What do you see as some ways that can help mitigate problems in terms of diversity when it comes to both people working in VC and people working on the founder side? How do, how do you see as some ways that problems can be fixed besides um, just hiring? Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times when people approach this problem, especially when talking about the lack of women founders, lack of POC founders, uh, it's not just something that increasing the number of women in POC VC roles is going to fix because it's, it is a much larger, wider societal problem. Um, POC are disproportionately um, in less affluent backgrounds. So that just is already a barrier to um, starting a startup. Um, then if you don't go to an elite university, it's a lot more difficult to go to get funding, which we're gonna talk about later. Um, and then past that, when you get to a VC, to pitch to a VC, it may not be very diverse. They may not understand what problem you're even trying to solve, let alone your solution. Um, also, I know that a lot of times 
in general, people tend to be friends with people that are similar to them, both in race and in gender. So when uh, like startup teams are forming, there tends to be uh, kind of less like cross, uh, like there tends to be less groups that form originally with both men and women and um, both like POC and that include POC. So it's this like very wide problem that definitely can't just be solved by bringing in more women and more POC into VC roles. So that's definitely a good start. Um, and yeah, I think like a lot of problems, it's a lot more complicated than it first looks. But I think knowing that a lot of times startups are trying to solve problems, right? Like that is the, the goal. Um, and to make, to set yourself up for success, knowing that uh, like less diversity stifles innovation, that having more diversity is correlated to having uh, more funding to more success. I think it is important to keep these in mind and to like do what we can to um, improve this process. Yeah, definitely. And I guess you kind of, you kind of mentioned in your answer, you discussed that there's a discrepancy when it comes to people who attended elite universities in terms of both their uh, success in raising funding and be on the side of being a VC. Would you be able to discuss more about that trend? For sure. Um, when you look at like lists of top schools for entrepreneurship, top schools by um, founders, top schools by funding, they tend to be dominated by like Ivy Leagues, Stanford, Berkeley. Um, and then even when there's public schools, they're like number nine, but they're also like 10 times the size of these Ivy League schools. Uh, so there is this huge discrepancy in how funding is distributed. And it's definitely not true that um, like people in like state schools are a lot less entrepreneurial or don't want to be founders. A lot of it just has to do with access to funding, um, a lot of which is done through your alumni network. And that's definitely a selling point for why people choose to go to top universities. Um, but if you think about it, if a uh, successful CEO or VC is receiving hundreds of emails every day, there needs to be some filter for them. And a lot of times they try to filter by university and uh, are more likely to respond to emails to give people who have gone to the same school that they have a chance. And that results in less opportunities for people at other schools. And then that also creates kind of a positive feedback loop, right? Because these successful VCs, successful founders that donate to their school or they focus on investing in their school, which only increases the discrepancy. Um, and it's not even just funding at that later stage, it's also in the early stages. So top universities tend to have larger um, budgets and endowments and more they allocate more money per student. And this is reflected in incubation programs and accelerator programs. I know, so we're at Hopkins. It wasn't until very recently that Hopkins started an accelerator focused on their undergraduates. Um, I think it was last year, actually. And so schools like, even schools like Hopkins, which many people don't think of as a school with a lot of entrepreneurship, being an entrepreneur here, you're already stifled a little bit. And that's only going to be increased for large state schools where there's a lot less funding per student. Yeah, definitely. I guess more on a individual level, 
you work as an analyst with a VC fund, you work on a level. What are some things that you try to do within your investment processes in the way that you think that you help mitigate problems in terms of discrepancies, whether it be, uh, obviously with a level, we only invest in Hopkins students, but I guess overall like things you do to try to mitigate the discrepancies that come with either being a person of color, a minority, a woman, or um, someone who doesn't go to an elite university, what are some things that you do to try to be able to broaden your horizons and help fix the problem? Oh, sure. So at A-Level, I think part of our investment thesis is uh, investing in diverse founders or in teams that we really believe in who are mission-driven. And um, we definitely do look at how diverse their team is, just the same as we look at um, like the traction that they've had and market sizing, we include that as a variable. Outside of A-level, I work with TCP Venture Capital, which focuses on investing in Baltimore headquartered startups. Since that is limiting the kinds of companies that we look at and limiting the range, we're looking at a lot more companies that aren't just Harvard MBAs or Stanford MBAs. Um, And it's been really interesting and a larger portion of companies that TCP has invested in relative to the average VC have been women, and that's really awesome. And then also trying to bring more jobs to to Baltimore. And I remember uh, we were looking at a company that we thought was really interesting, but we decided not to go further along in the process because a lot of the hiring they were doing was uh, contracted hiring and firm people and not really enriching Baltimore. Uh, They were like, just hiring people for a small project from California, from New York. And so just keeping that in mind while we're investing. And OpenScout is trying to connect more uh, VCs with students that have startups that they're interested, not just students from the colleges that they're interested in. So leveling that playing field. Because there's a ton of really smart, really awesome startups at Colleges that aren't just Ivy Leagues and colleges that aren't just in the top 10 and trying to bring uh, more visibility to them is important. And that's what Open Scout is aiming to do. That's great. So Elena, so you've kind of discussed uh, different solutions and ways to help mitigate problems on a systemic level and when, within uh, both lack of diversity and equality in both the VC side and the founding side. What are some trends that you see coming in the future for this that you've been able to identify? I think it's really important to keep in mind that uh, a lot of VCs are run by people that used to be investment bankers, used to be consultants, used to be founders. So looking at the partners currently, that's not really reflective of people who are interested in the startup space at this moment, it's definitely not young people. It's reflective of what investment banking looked like 20 years ago, or consulting looked like 20 years ago. And I think that the youngest, like the juniors um, at the VC level are the most diverse group that has ever been involved in VC. Um, Juniors at investment banking in consulting are also very much more diverse than it used to be. So I think that we are in going in the right direction even founders are more diverse than they used to be. Um, we just have to continue and be more mindful of the decisions that we make um, when it comes to uh, funding and when it comes to who we give a chance to, per se. 
Yeah, for sure. Thank you today for coming on, Elena. This was a great conversation. Um, thank you so much for having me. I was really happy to talk about diversity in the VC and startup space.